this is the NSP song, Network of Spiritual Progressive song that Michael Lerner wrote. And Mike and I recorded this a few years ago. Okay, so one second, Sharon. Yeah, Sharon, hang on. Let me just, because the recording's just started. So, oh, my cat keeps knocking screen. So welcome, everyone, to the um, Network of Spiritual Progressives launch call for our national working groups. I'm so happy to see so many faces on the call tonight. It's so heartwarming and wonderful. So we're so glad you're here. Um, after Sharon sings, I'll kind of explain to you the outline of the call, but we want to just start with the song. I invite you to um, sing along um, in, your, in, your, in your square, in your home. And, um, and now I'm going to share the song so you can all hear it. Okay, there we go. You can see it, right, Sharon? No, it says that you've started screen share. Oh, oh, there there it is. Okay. Oh, okay. <clears throat> Here we go. NSP, join with me as we transform the world's reality. Love and kindness, radical amazement, peace and generosity. Love and kindness, radical amazement, peace and generosity. Save the earth from environmental crisis. Stop the wars, torture, and poverty. Let our voices ring out that we have no doubt. Love and kindness will triumph. You network of spiritual progress. We affirm science and spirit both. Domination turned to love, gentleness placed above the world of power and might. It's time to end poverty and hunger around the world and in the U.S. too. We have enough to share with humility and care. We are one with all humanity. It's true. NSP, 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 join with me, join with me as we transform the world's reality. Love and kindness, radical amazement. Peace and generosity, MSP, love and kindness, radical amazement. Peace and generosity. So let them tell you to be realistic in a world full of wars and poverty. Only fundamental change can transform a world deranged into one that works for all humanity. The selfishness and greed that surround us lead many to despair that things can change. Yet we know that people yearn for a world that can turn to love, peace, and generosity. NSP, 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 join with me, join with me as we transform the world's reality. Love and kindness, radical amazement. Peace and generosity, NSP, love and kindness, radical amazement. Peace and generosity, NSP. We have to decide who's going to do the harmony next time. Beautiful. Thank you. That was so great. Thanks, Sharon. So I'm going to go right into. Um, 
the next thing before I give you the outline of the call, because we were just singing about awe and wonder and radical amazement. And so Rabbi Lerner is going to lead us in an experience of awe, wonder, and radical amazement of the universe. And um, I want to just say one or two words about that. So one of the things about our movement is that we integrate um, awe and wonder of the universe, spiritual values and principles, and experiences and practices into all of our calls and into our work. And it's a, it's a core um, foundation of what we do. We believe that in order to change the world, actually, it's really critical that we be grounded in spiritual traditions and values and, and teachings and practices. And one of those is to really embrace and celebrate the awe and wonder and radical amazement of this universe. Because when we do, if we truly do, then we will do what we need to do to save the life support system of this planet. So I'm going to turn it over to Rabbi Lerner to lead us in a very um, powerful experience of that. And some of you will have already experienced this knowing who's on the call. Hello, everyone. Um, so what I'd like to ask you to do is to try to visualize what I am saying. And so um, it, I, it would be of great help if you would just close your eyes so that you're not attracted to looking at me or looking at all the other wonderful, beautiful people on this call, but instead just imagining what I'm asking you to imagine, okay? Um, oh, and another, an, another point I wanna make is um, just to clarify, um, uh, awe, and <laughs> <laughs> awe and wonder and radical amazement does not mean becoming, uh, joining some religion, or um, we're not selling any particular religion, we're not selling religion as a whole. We are talking about a spiritual consciousness that is reflected in um, the new bottom line. Um, but it's not, um, this is not trying to um, push any particular uh, approach to, spirit, um, to uh, religion or spirituality. And so we're saying people who are um, uh, orthodox, um, atheists, an orthodox atheist is somebody who's really got strong commitment. You're welcome. Everybody's welcome. And uh, there's not, nothing inconsistent with being an atheist and, uh, or even an orthodox atheist and, um, and still going with um, this experience. So um, please close your eyes. Okay. So, and what I want to ask you to do is to envision where you are in the universe, um, where you are, first of all, on, um, uh, on the planet. So in order to do this, I want to ask you to imagine that you're, um, okay, wherever you are, whatever city you're in, or whatever um, country town you're in, uh, wherever it is, um, imagine that there was a slowly ascending balloon, um, a big balloon that carries people, or if that seems too scary, it sometimes does seem too scary to me, then, um, then a slowly ascending huge um, um, elevator that goes up into the sky. And so as it goes up a little bit, you can look down and see the town or the, the place where you have been the last few hours. And um, if you look around, you can see people, doing their various things. Some people on the East Coast are already 
um, having dinner or um, uh, other people in the West Coast just getting off of work or just getting out of um, the routine that they've done in, um, in being not in work this day. But um, imagine that you could look and see them down and probably if they looked up, they could wave at you because the, the, uh, it's not too far up yet, this, um, this elevator or this slowly ascending balloon. And um, so I want to, you to imagine now that it can go up further and that you can begin to see not just uh, the town or air and city or wherever, wherever place you have been, but also um, the whole state that you're in. And if you look, uh, if you're there, you'll see, when you look down, you'll see people doing all kinds of things. Um, the, some will be on the highway, some will be watching television, some will be eating dinner, or some will be making dinner. Um, and, um, and there are really um, hundreds of thousands, perhaps you can even see millions of people in your state who are engaged in that at this time. So can you get that? Well, so now we're gonna go up a little bit further and you can look down and see it's gone up far enough that you can see the whole United States, the North American continent. Um, and if you look down, you'll see, now you can see that there are parts that are starting to get a little bit darker and parts that are still in the flesh of, um, flesh of the sun. And, um, um, but there are now actually hundreds of millions of people down there. And they're doing their thing. Some people are, as I say, some people may be still at work. Some people are, um, are in their homes uh, having dinner or just having finished dinner or preparing dinner um, or watching, uh, watching television or listening to the radio, hearing the, the news. Um, and, um, and there you are. And you are seeing all of this reality, okay? So, um, and you'll, you're looking down now at, um, at the United States and um, you know that there are, um, this is a country that has 4% um, uh, of the world's population, but 25% of the world's uh, um, epidemic now, COVID-19. So something is wrong here. Something is deeply wrong. But um, you're not going up to look at, at, at how wrong things are, but just to see that what's going on. But what you see also going on um, is something that's going on all over the world, namely that there are many people who are hungry. That there are many people who are hungry. And let's, if you go up a little bit further, let your balloon or your, your elevator go up a little further and you can see the whole planet Earth. And on the planet Earth, there are um, close to 8 billion people now. And, um, and as it's rotating around, you can get a grasp that many of the people on the Earth, there's um, mil uh, millions and millions, actually um, hundreds of millions of people who are hungry, and many, many others who are um, struggling to try to change the system that they're living in. But then there are also a lot of other people who are employed as, um, 
as police or as, as armies or as um, or as um, justifiers of the existing inequalities of the world. They may be um, people who are um, well-respected columnists in your newspaper or talking uh, talking heads on television or um, or even college professors or high school teachers and many other professions. And their main thing, their main underlying thing is that they want to convince you that basically everything is okay and uh, that it all uh, is all fine. But they are struggling against um, a lot of other people who want to change it in some fundamental way. And that, but the majority of people on the planet are unconvinced that things can change. And so when they hear something like this, they want to turn the channel. They're not listening at the moment. They're not listening. Although in the light of um, the recent demonstrations um, for uh, Black Lives Matter, a growing number of people are listening, but still a minority of people who are listening. So um, when you look at this incredibly world, and uh, it's got so much beauty in it, so much wonder in it, and, um, and yet there's this struggle going on. But now your, your, um, uh, your elevator or your balloon is going up further. <clears throat> and now I want you to see the earth as a whole and see that the earth is, um, what, um, uh, it is getting light and warmth from the sun. And the sun uh, is some uh, 977,000 times the mass of the planet Earth. So just try to take that in. Okay, here you are, you're on this planet Earth, and the sun that you take, that we all take for granted each day, is 977,000 times the size. You can, you can, um, if you want to uh, um, uh, think of it as a million, it's close, close enough to a million, a million times larger. So you look down and you see, wow, here we are in this incredible universe with, with um, the sun that is giving us all kinds of beauty and all kinds of warmth and wonder. Now it turns out that, the science, that our sun is one of um, many, many, many suns in the um, uh, in our particular um, uh, our particular particular galaxy galaxy yes mm -hmm. and that the and the scientists tell us that there are now close to one hundred billion galaxies. So now, can you see where you are? You're in this. Um, well, it's hard. It's hard to get this picture. In fact, it's impossible. Um, nobody has yet been able to take in the amazing reality of where we are. Maybe we could take it in when we were going up and looking at this at the Earth. Harder still to take in the possibility that we're seeing ourselves in relationship to this sun that is close to a million times the mass of the planet Earth. But when you look out at this universe as a whole and get the picture, you can't, you can't take it in. There's no way that any human being has been able to envision this totality. Um, 
with the 100 billion galaxies. Um, so, um, so it's, it's amazing. It's a fantastic reality um, that we're in. And, um, and we know that every one of us, <clears throat> ha this is our moment to look out at the universe with all of its wonder, all of its magnificence, and say, fantastic, amazing, wonderful. Because the truth is that most of us within the next hundred years, maybe even shorter than a hundred years, will be in the ground. And other people will come after us and they will also look out at the same universe and they will also be amazed and they will also have trouble even capturing even what it is. So imagine though, that, that here's the truth. This is our moment. This is our moment to be alive, to be able to see what we can see with all the limitations of our consciousness, with all the limitations of what we can take in. Nevertheless, it's amazing to be alive, to be able to, to see the beauty of this earth and then the, the magnificence of this universe that ultimately goes so far beyond our conceptions and our language. And so at this moment, it's appropriate to feel like, wow, it's amazing, fantastic. So I wanna ask you if you would join with me in a short little prayer, very short little prayer. And, it's, and it, goes, it has three words to this prayer. Wow, fantastic, amazing. Wow, fantastic, amazing. So keeping your eyes still closed, just allow yourself to, to say that with me about this incredible universe and our good luck to still have consciousness, to be able to say it, to see it, to take in what we can take in with all our limitations. So together, let's try it. Wow, fantastic, amazing. amazing. Okay, so now you know the prayer. Now this time, I wanna ask you to actually mean it. Okay, now I don't mean, mean it, meaning that you have to yell it or say it louder. I mean that you have to allow yourself to, to just for this moment, sink into the amazing reality of this universe. So we're gonna do it together. Wow. Wow. Fantastic. Fantastic. Amazing. Amazing. Yes, and so it is. So it is. It is so fantastic and amazing to be alive and to be with other people who can eat equally get beyond all our ego boundaries that would say, oh, this is silly, I don't want to do it. but to allow yourself to actually have this experience. When people ask me, well, how do I have a spiritual experience? I say to, say to them this, try this one, once every night for 10 minutes, go through this, this, um, uh, this guided visualization. Go outside if the weather is, is conducive to doing that. Look up at the stars if you can do it in the, in the evening or at the sun if you're doing it during the day and say, wow, fantastic, amazing. And if you do that every night for the next three months, some point in that, way, in that time, you're gonna have a spiritual experience that will be something that you were unaware that you could have. So, um, but in the meantime, bless all of, all of you for being open to trying this. Ah. <sighs>
Thank you. Um, okay, so I'm going to give a bit of an outline of our call so that we all know what's happening in the next, it'll be another hour and a half-ish, a little bit less. Um, so um, after I do this and give a little introduction, then Rabbi Lerner is going to speak again um, for a few minutes to just outline and explain our theory of change so that you can, when we talk then about the national working groups and what we're doing, you'll have a context in which to place them so that you will understand why we're, 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 we have chosen this particular path and this particular strategy at this time. So he'll speak about that in a minute. Um, and then I will explain kind of a bit mission and vision of the national working groups an overarching mission and vision and our plan for the NSP. And then each working group, there's four different groups, will give a brief presentation about seven minutes each about their particular group so you can understand what that group is doing. And then this is why you're all co-hosts. Then after that, um, what we're going to be doing is we're going to have breakout rooms for each group and you'll be able to move around amongst the groups. And we'll explain that to you when we get there. Um, and you'll be able to talk to the different leaders of the different groups so you can get more sense of what those groups are about. Because our hope is, is that you're going to choose to join a group and join with us to participate to building a loving and just movement, one that's truly grounded in values of love and justice and also grounded in values of prophetic empathy and care and compassion and all of the values that we hold near and dear to our hearts that are key to building the world that we want. So I'm gonna turn it back over now to, to you to explain kind of the overarching theory of change so that you can conceptualize that and place that into the context of the bigger discussion that we're gonna be having going forward on this call. So this is not a strategy just for this year. This is a, a long-term strategy. Oh yes. I always like to say this is not a race. This is a marathon, a very long marathon as it turns out. <laughs> right. But there's, there is a certain emergency, not the ones that, uh, um, that our president sees, but a real emergency. And that is that um, uh, we need, our goal is to save um, uh, from destruction the life support system of planet Earth. Um, <clears throat> okay. okay. So our goal is to save from destruction the life support system of planet Earth. Um, to do that, we need a uh, build what we call a caring society, caring for each other and caring for the planet. Um, and um, a new to get there, we need a new bottom line. The old bottom line is one that says that you you measure any social practice, every corporation, every government policy, our, our healthcare system, our education system, our, our, our societal um, cultural systems as efficient, rational, and productive to the extent that they maximize money and power. And we're saying, no, uh-uh. Um, we need a new bottom line that, that maximize, that just, um, that judges efficiency um, and, uh, um, productivity by how much it, um, our behaviors in these various spheres maximize people's capacity to be loving and caring, kind and generous, ethically and, and ethically and ecologically sensitive, 
enhancing our capacity to respond to other human beings as embodiments of the sacred, um, rather than simply looking at other human beings from the standpoint of what we can get from them, how they will, how they will uh, fit into our needs, and also looking at the planet, looking at Earth, not simply from uh, the standpoint of, gee, I wonder if there's something here I can turn into a commodity and sell, but rather looking at it with the awe and wonder and radical amazement that we were um, just trying to experience momentarily in, um, in that um, uh, night, nightly or daily um, uh, meditation. Okay, um, so we need a new bottom line. How are we going to get there? Um, so um, to do that, we have to face the fact that right now corporations have immense power and, and that they've created a society, shaped a society, in which the bottom line is, mon is money and power and, um, and hence a society that, is, that focuses on and rewards selfishness, materialism, looking out for number one. How are we gonna change that? Well, um, we, um, if we have put forward a program called the Environmental and Social Responsibility Amendment to the Constitution that would um, take over the corporations um, and um, essentially would require that every corporation with incomes above $50 million a year get a new corporate charter once every five years that they could only get if they could prove a satisfactory history of environmental and social responsibility to a jury of ordinary citizens who would be getting advice and support from the environmental uh, world and would have um, environmentalists uh, advising them as they hear the, uh, hear the stories from, um, from uh, as the corporations try to defend what their record and, but the, the, the um, group of people that, um, who are in the, uh, hearing the, this testimony would be people who were also receiving testimony from people all around the world who can testify to what the actual impact of this corporation is. That of course, would make it possible for people inside the corporations who wanted the corporations to be more ethically and environmentally sensitive to have a, um, a great um, potential impact because um, uh, rare, whereas right now they're told, look, uh, we have to um, uh, maximize money and power because that's the obligation of the corporation. And our, our, um, the people who own, own us, um, well, on the stock in us, that's what they put their money in there for because that's what they wanted. So, um, but now by the ESRA, we need to, the ESRA will give us a, um, a handle on helping people inside corporations because actually many, many of the people inside corporations are not bad people at all. They're not uh, looking on the app of themselves. They, they care for other people, but they want, but they, they now, with the ESRA, they will have some support. But how are we going to get that? How are we going to get the ESRA passed? Well, um, so in the studies that I've done of the psychodynamics of American society, what I've learned is, is that many people want a different world, only they believe it's impossible. They believe that everybody else is selfish and materialistic. And, um, uh, and what's more, they feel that the liberal and le left world looks down upon them, has contempt for them, has contempt for their lifestyle, has contempt for their, for, um, for their religion. Um, it's still the case that 50 to 60% of Americans claim that they go to church once a month at least. 
And that's not true, okay? They don't really know that. But that they want to be seen that way is a central part of the reality of the society we're in. So if we want to change the society, and why do we want to change the society? Because it's the most powerful society in the world still, and particularly with its control of the media and, um, and um, not to mention its military dominance. It has it shapes the consciousness of much of the rest of the world. So, if we, so we need to change that. And in order to change that, we need to change the left. The liberal and progressive world has to change how it re relates to other people. It has to embody the, the new bottom line in its own practice. It has to be a, um, a manifestation of a love and justice. And, um, and that's a, a, a big step for it. Because the truth of the matter is, is that um, most people, if you just spoke to people after the 2016 election and asked them, well, how come we lost this election? Their answer would be, oh, that's easy. That's because the American people are racist, sexist, homophobic, xenophobic, anti-Semitic, or just plain stupid. Now, this answer has been heard by people. And it's not just, it's not just that we've said that amongst the 50 or 60 million people who are in the liberal and progressive world. They, the rest of the world, the rest of America hears this and they feel put down. They feel that we are, uh, we look down upon them. And when Hillary Clinton then summed up her um, part of the, um, the people who are against, who are not supporting her by saying they are a, um, a bundle of deplorables, okay? Um, so many people still have that in their mind and you can be sure that that's going to be played over and over again in this election, in the, uh, in the coming election. Um, we have to create a, a, a liberal and progressive world uh, that is much more reflective of caring and a spirit of generosity. And um, so how do you do that? Well, then now we're not talking about, you know, you, often when you have these conversations, we say we need to change the world. We have to go, people come up and say, well, I have this uncle and he'll never change or my neighbor, blah, blah, blah. Okay, we're not asking, asking us to go to deal with the reactionaries, okay? We're asking us to deal with the good people because the good people are right now screwing things up by virtue of looking down at other people. So, um, so part of our work is to help re reach the liberal and progressive world and to change the ethos, to change the, uh, the elitism, to change the looking down on other people. One place to start that, not the only place, but one of the hooks that we have for that is um, the prophetic empathy that Kat Sabas has been teaching and uh, that you'll hear more about, I think, in this. Um, uh, but another place is to address the question of meritocracy. Because one of the things that holds people together in this, um, uh, in, um, uh, and accepting this reality is the leading um, justification the capitalist order has for itself. And that is that the reason why there's so much inequality is because the people who are at the top deserve to be there and everybody else who isn't deserves to be where they are. <laughs> And this is called a meritocracy. A merit. Um, we're in a society ruled by merit. So, um, our one of the things that we have to do is to continually challenge that to help people understand that their lives, which often feel not so great, um, 
are um, in fact um, not a reflection of their merit, that in, uh, but rather a reflection of a class structure that has kept people down. Now, the next thing to understand is, well, why aren't they, what, uh, will that be so easy for them to hear? No, not so easily, because many of people are in such deep dis, um, depression about feeling bad about themselves for having failed in their life. Many of them don't even acknowledge it to themselves, but yet what we discovered in the research that I did is that almost everybody has a self-blaming story. Many of them repress that story, but it eats away at them inside. Others don't repress it. They tell their, tell their wife or their husband or um, something about their self-blaming. But again, within the context of believing that it's their own fault that they screwed up and that's why their life isn't as much as good as it could be. They don't get, first of all, that the reason why it's so hard to maintain relationships, both intimate relationships and even friendships, is because they're living in a society which glorifies selfishness and materialism looking out for number one. In that society, of course, it's gonna be hard to sustain caring relationships. So we, we're now at a moment where huge numbers of middle-class, uh, middle-class, middle-aged men are committing suicide all over the place, the highest level ever, okay? Why? Because they're in so much pain. What they then turn to, um, right-wing churches, why? Because the right-wing churches tell them, don't blame yourself. You're not, you shouldn't be blaming yourself. You're okay. The re um, and that gives people tremendous relief that, they, that, that is addressed by, some, by people who have some authority. But then those same churches say, and the reason why you're in pain is not because of you, it's because of, and then they name the, de the demeaned others of the society. Blacks, African-Americans, Native Americans, uh, immigrants, um, feminists, um, gays and lesbians, um, all these other, all the, whoever is the demeaned in the society. Okay, so I'm, I'm getting the hook here, but, <laughs> but, <laughs> but what I want to say to you is that our task in part is to help people stop blaming themselves and understand the class structure that faces them. And that's critical to overcome the self-blaming. And so we have um, a message that is actually uplifting for people. It helps people understand that the pain in their life is not their own fault. But um, this requires challenging, not just the right wing, but also the pop culture, pop psychological culture and pop uh, spiritual culture that has the message of you create your own reality. Well, the truth of the matter is, is that to some extent that's true. I'm a psychologist. I work with people, helping them get a grip on the part of the reality that we do create. But it's also true that most of the reality you didn't create, it's not your fault. And that's why it's so um, terribly destructive when we turn to other, uh, to other people and say, you're living a life of privilege. You're, you know, you're a white person, you've got all this privilege, et cetera, and, uh, and make people feel bad. Making people feel bad is not a strategy for changing the world. People don't want to be made to feel bad. And the truth of the matter is, is that the privilege is very, very limited. And actually, the, it, what it does is it separates people from each other and makes it extremely difficult to then unite to get the simplest thing like universal health care. Okay? We can't even get that. And 
you'll you see that uh, um, our um, that the, the Democratic Party's um, likely candidate um, has just his his group is reinforcing like no we're not going to go for universal health care we're not going to do that minor adjustments in the healthcare system but to get fundamental change we need a change in conscious a deep change in consciousness and that's what we this organi this organization and this uh, um, network of spiritual progressives this movement for a world of love and justice is about it's about a change of consciousness now changes of consciousness are not easy they take a lot of energy and time the change of consciousness that happened for women took place over the course of several decades but that starts in small little groups and so if you look at if somebody tells you it's unrealistic um just pointed every significant change that's happened in this uh, in this world in the past 50 years because almost every one of them was started by small groups of people really small groups of people who were told you're you're fantasizing you think you can end um, um patriarchy you think you can overcome uh um racism you can overcome uh um all the th all the crazy things that are happening in the world that, that you think you're going to get um the ability of, of gays and lesbians to to marry forget it it's impossible narrow your narrow down to realistic but the truth of the matter is you never will know what's realistic until you fight for what is desirable and so our message is don't be realistic don't be realistic go for your highest vision of the good and that's what the um, network of spiritual progressives and our um and my my book revolutionary love if you want to get more um more in this please go get copy read the copy but this is what we're trying to help empower people to do because when you go for your highest vision it empowers other people who also that's thought no it's impossible to feel like they can go for their highest vision so thank you for listening <laughs> Okay. <laughs> he manages to pack a lot into a short amount of time. It's amazing to me every time. <laughs> it's wonderful. So, um, so these working groups, the, what we've created, I'm going to close the chat so I don't try to read it while I'm talking to you all, because otherwise I'll just keep looking down and get distracted. So the idea of the national working groups is to actually create different ways, different strategies for you all to get involved, to be a, a spiritual activist, a change maker, grounded in spiritual values and principles, so that we can, in fact, both change consciousness through talking and reading and also through action. So each one of the groups, and there's four different groups, and you'll hear from the different group leaders in a few minutes, um, but each of the groups combine a combination of deepening learning and knowledge and understanding of these concepts and ideas, practical skills for learning how to bring them into the world, exercises, strategizing, and then action for actually bringing it into your community. So each national group is going to function as a model for what a local group will be, and it'll be a place for all of you to come back together and brainstorm and bring your challenges and your successes. And so it will be a way for you to have what, what we've heard so many times referred to as a beloved community in a particular area, and then to work together collectively to determine how, how, how it's going. 
Where are we missing the mark? Where are we succeeding? And to brainstorm and share with each other all your experiences. And then the leaders of these groups are part of a national leadership team with me. And then so we will get together each month and get feedback from all of you so we can discern um, how we're doing, what changes we need to make, how we can best serve you. And the goal is for you to be able to not only get involved, but also to take on leadership, to stretch your muscles, stretch your skills, um, stretch your comfort zone, but in a really safe, enjoyable way where you are held and supported in a deep um, community of people who hold each other, who hold each other, not with judgment, but with love and compassion, with um, the hope that we can all be the greatest spiritual inspiring leaders that we can be. So I'm just gonna, um, and then we are also going to host at some point, I'm not gonna put a date out there yet, but our intention is to host then both, um, we're gonna be hosting um, calls, like big calls like this for everybody to join every few months. And then we also hope to host a big national conference. We might do it online depending on how things are going or we might do regional ones. We'll see how things unfold in this um, strange strange time <laughs> this strange time um so we'll we'll keep us all apprised of that and um and all of you will be able to help inform us about what is is you're wanting what you'd like to see at these conferences what you'd like to hear on our monthly calls what are the questions you're having so that we're working collaboratively in a really powerful way so i just want to tell you now the names of the four groups and the leaders of the different groups and then they're going to each um, explain their their groups to you so the four groups the first one is called love and justice circles and network of spiritual progressive chapters and the um, leaders of that group are Eligar, Susan and Brian I believe I captured all the leaders can someone can someone write the names of the groups in the chat for me one of the leadership team members um, because I'm, I'm trying not to do chatting and talking at the same time tonight. Um, so the first one, again, is the Love and Justice Circle, or the N Network of Spiritual Progressives. And the leaders are going to talk to you about how this group is going to operate as a Love and Justice Circle in a chapter, and then how you can be um, encouraged and invited then to start a local one for you in your community with people that you know. And you don't have to start with, like, 30 people. You can start with five people, three people can start small and grow. We don't, we want to make this manageable and doable so that you feel comfortable and held in doing this. So that is the first one. In a couple minutes, you'll hear them speak about it. A uh, second one is called the Revolutionary Love Book Group, and that's going to be headed by Robert and Fred, who have a lot of experience in book, group, book groups. Robert's already held a large Revolutionary Love Book Group with, I think it ended up being like 30 25 or 30 people on Zoom, which was just amazing to me because we had talked about keeping it to 12 people and then all these people want to participate. And, and Robert created with, with some of my help this amazing um, chapter guide for each chapter so that not only will you be reading the book, but then you'll also be encouraged to take action based on the suggestions in the book. So it's, it's, a, it's not a passive reading of the book. It's a, a live, engaged reading of the book where you then take the ideas out into the world. And Fred has a wonderful um, pamphlet or brochure, I can't remember, um, about how to host 
and guide book groups in this way. So they will both be leading the book group, you'll be reading it together, and again, you'll be encouraged to then start a book group. So then you'll be leading a book group, but you'll have support in, your, in doing that from the national holders of that group. The um, next group is the organizing outreach effort. And in this group, which is uh, headed up by Vanessa, Marion, Robert, and Kevin, um, this group is actually taking the unifying principles of the Network of Spiritual Progressives, which are on the website, um, the spiritualprogressives.org, unifying principles is on there. Um, and those unifying principles are four or five, I don't remember off the top of my head right now, one of which is the new bottom line, but it's also values around engaging in nonviolence, values around recognizing and honoring the diversity of faith, belief, and reason. It's also um, understanding and honoring um, the diversity of humanity and seeing the humanity of all, all beings, even those we tend to other. There goes my cat again, trying to close my computer. Um, and, and the idea is to bring those unifying principles to organizations, to um, whether they're social change organizations, environmental organizations, um, faith and spiritual organizations and communities to bring those principles to those organizations <laughs> um, so that they will hopefully endorse and embrace them and be able to assess how well they're doing in these areas in their organization. And the intention of the goal of this is so that all of the organizations who are working to create a loving and just world, right? Because we know that all the organizations who are trying to change the society that we're living in right now and make it work better are doing it actually because they care. They actually want a different world. They want a world based on love and justice. That's why they're doing the work but they often don't say that. Instead, they talk about what they're against or, or a, a particular um, identity that they're working for or a particular outcome that they're working for, but they don't put forth the larger visions and values of the dream that they have, of the world that they yearn for and want. And if we all did that, not only would we see the interconnectedness of our work instead of operating in our separate silos, but we would also put forth a vision of a world that those who are not yet with us, those who are not yet identifying as being with the left, actually would then embrace it. It's a very unifying visionary um, strategy that can build the mass movement that we actually need to create the radical changes that we need to save the life support system of this planet, to be able to do the type of reparations and repairs we need to do around the genocide of Native Americans in this country and the racism that still both of which are still just so um, prevalent and alive in our, in our world today. So that's the organizing outreach effort group. And the um, last group is the prophetic empathy practice group. And Susan and I will be heading that group. And this group is an opportunity to practice what I teach as prophetic empathy. And if you haven't taken the training, I hope you will, spiritualprogressives.org slash training. If someone could put that in the chat, please. Um, but it's a unique way of doing empathy that Susan and I will talk about shortly. And um, that both meets people where they're at, but also inspires and challenges them to be the true essence of who they really are and who they really want to be. So those are the four groups. Um, and I'm going to turn it over now. So each group is going to have 
seven minutes. I'm just going to give you a timeline now. So about 28 minutes, I'm guessing will be about 30 minutes with some changes of stuff. And then we're going to do these breakout groups so you can go to the different groups and move amongst them even. You don't have to stay in one group. So, and to those of you who have to leave, this is being recorded still, yes, fortunately. So we will be able to send out a recording to you and um, thanks for those of you who can stay on. So, um, so the love and justice, Eligar, Susan and Brian, I'm gonna hand this over to you now for seven minutes and I'm gonna try to keep you close to seven minutes just so we honor everyone's time tonight. Great, uh, Eligar, did you wanna start or shall I? Um, yeah, I could start us off. Great. Yeah, welcome all. Yeah, I'm uh, Eligar, uh, one of the leaders of the Love and Justice Circle Group, um, along with Susan and uh, Brian. I'll, I'll pass it on to them. Um, yeah, thanks again for that powerful and beautiful opening, Rabbi Lerner and Kat Zavis. Um, yeah, so I, I just wanted to share a, a powerful quote from my, my late father. Uh, kind of thought of it as, as Rabbi Lerner was speaking. Uh, he said that any civilization that, that does not challenge the impossible is doomed to fail. Um, and I th really think a world of love and justice and a new bottom line is indeed possible. And I really think it's, it's almost existential. You know, our very future as a human species and of the very future of our planet really depends on it. Um, and that's really what we're trying to do in the Love and Justice Circle. We're trying to reimagine a world of love and justice and a new bottom line, a world based on generosity and empathy and compassion and love one for the other uh, and abundance uh, to replace the world of you know, self-interest and scarcity and competition and rivalry. Um, so we really want to practice this in our love and justice group. So our intention is to really have uh, a practice group where we can reimagine the world in this context through this new paradigm and how can we visualize that and imagine it and manifest it uh, that's something that we're going to be working on in our national cause so we'll actually be a practice group and then we'll also spend some time thinking about how do we manifest this how do we apply this to specific areas whether it's addressing systems of oppression our educational system the environmental crisis etc hmm. how would we reimagine our world through that context and then also work on how you can then take that and bring that back to your own work in your own area, whether that's working locally with different organizations and groups, how can you bring this love and justice paradigm or within your own work, your own social justice work that you're engaged in. So with that, that's kind of the overview. I'll pass it on to, to Susan. Great, thanks, Elagar. Yeah, I'm really excited. I think we're seeing, uh, in the last you know month or two we're all at least i am learning more and more of what would a world without prisons and police look like which would of course be a world of love and justice right where we really care about people and it's taken a while i've seen from my mind like wait how do we deconstruct this what would it look like it's not just what we don't want so there's a lot of work to do at that thinking through, at that cleaning the window that we look through things through of what could an actual healthy, loving world look like. So I see this group as one place where we do that work of really trying to understand it and get real about it and, and um, what the steps would be. And then we're a group together, a sangha, a working group to roll up our sleeves and not just talk about it, but do something 
I am so ready to do something. And when I look and see that there's, you know, 80 people or so on this call, I think, yes, together, we can make a lot happen. We can really generate change and we'll support each other. We'll practice with each other. And I'm, you're probably starting to see our groups have some overlap, which is why we'll also come together at various times. But our love and justice practice group is the place to really do the part of it's the analysis and the thinking like, well, how would it really work? What would a banking system look like based on love and compassion, but still be a bank, right? And then, okay, now we've got these ideas. What's the first steps? How do we start making this happen? How do we support each other? Uh, and so maybe there'll be enough of us to start groups according to a sector or locally. And we'll sort of see who shows up, how we want to organize. Do we want to study a theme for the first couple of months like banking or the justice system? Or do we want to think about how do you work at a city level or a county level? So we have We'll work together to figure out the best approach. So I'm really excited. Brian. Good. I Thank you, uh, Susan. Thank you, Eligar. I'll just add a couple of things. I've, I've been involved in a local group for the last 15 years, and we're a small group. It is like a love and justice circle in the sense that we, we openly listen to each other. We facilitate by way of dialogue, and we bring up questions that are close to our hearts. Uh, we all care about the environment. We all care about social justice. But the, the essential thing is building connection with one another. Um, one of the things that I've, in talking to Susan and Eligar, that's been really fascinating to listen to our own process. And we hit upon something that there's, there's kind of fundamentally a paradigm shift that needs to happen in the world. But when you ask somebody, how does that thing work? This, what we call paradigm shift, how does it actually work? Um, there are great books, you know, Structure of Scientific Revolution, uh, Elgar's referenced um, that talks about that, but we want to really get into the dynamics of how does how do people change, how do how does society change? Um, there's been mention about how to take some of these problematic areas and deconstruct them, and look at them from the point of view of a world of love and justice rather than a world of disconnection. So I, I see this as an opportunity for a lot of voices to be heard, for us to think together and really examine how how do we take these really large questions and problems facing us, deconstruct them and reframe them within the context of love and justice? So I'm excited to join the rest of you and work with my colleagues on this project as well. Thank you. Awesome, thank you all so much. So now I'm gonna pass it to Fred and Robert to talk about the Revolutionary Love Book, which is a a different format of a, of a book group. So I'll pass it to you. And Susan, if you're able to highlight, if you're able to track while they're talking to pin them, spotlight them. Oh, sure, I can do that. Yes. Um, and if everyone else- So Robert, are you, okay. Are you ready? Okay. Uh, hello, I'm, I'm uh, Fred Clare. I'm from St. Petersburg. Um, and I and Robert have taken on the Revolutionary Love Book Group Study. Um, if you don't know what that is, it's Rabbi Lerner's book um, that he has recently published. And I think when we talk about it, I think you would be on this call because I think everybody is seeking a different way. Um, and a new bottom line is speaks to you at some level. And we have all these different groups going. 
what I see this, this book study group able to do is it's a great launching point for people, especially for inviting family and friends who might be a little reluctant to get into an organization or something, but a book study is a little less threatening to people. Um, so I think it's a great way for us to, to not only gain awareness, because as you listen to Rabbi Lerner, you get all these concepts. The book goes into great details about how the system we are living in, how it has come to be, how people are, are responding to that and, and the problems it's caused. And that's all great. We can always find that, but the net network is <clears throat> spiritual progressive takes it one step further. And we talk about how can we begin to change the consciousness, have, create a new worldview, bring forth this new bottom line. So the book study, as Kat said, Robert has already done one, and you'll hear from here in just a minute. Um, and he's put together discussion questions for each chapter in the book. And so we will be doing both the actual book study online, but we will also be encouraging people to, to facilitate their own book study group because what the NSP is seeking to do is to, is to bring people into the awareness of who we are and what is our unique message that we have to share with each other. And so we have all these other groups going. And as I said, I believe the, the book study group is, is an excellent way to, if you don't feel comfortable with the concepts, it gives you an opportunity to come together with people. We're going to support each other as we, as we study the book, but we're also going to encourage each other, not just to study it, but to put it into action in our daily life. And, it, and so we will be, I don't like to use accountability, but we will be supporting each other to take action because it's not enough just to have the knowledge. We have to take the knowledge and put it into action. So I'm gonna let Robert speak now. So go ahead, Robert. Thanks, uh, Brian. I had the opportunity of organizing a revolutionary love book study. And it started with uh, an interview with Rabbi Michael Lerner. I went to his lecture when he came to Phoenix and sat down with him for 15 minutes. And I asked him, what do you want me to do as a, a greater Phoenix uh, network uh, spiritual progressive organizer and he said study my book <laughs> and he was right it was like brian says it's a good uh, way for people who are new to get involved and that's the way it has worked out i sent out an uh, invitation to every uh, synagogue and church and uh Islamic temple that I had a contact with and uh, I opened the door to see who would come and they came streaming in. We set a, a limit of 12 people initially with 
Cat's uh, recommendation. And uh, with the help of the uh, Arizona Faith Network, who put the uh, book study in their newsletter, we had uh, 25 people uh, uh, enroll in the class. And, and we only lost a couple people because we gained a few more. So as a result, the facilitator has really rose to the occasion and has written notes of his own, which uh, emphasize taking action. And he's the senior minister of a prominent church that has a reputation for activism. So if he gets behind it and his congregation gets behind it, I'm sure they will continue to uh, take action based on the book. Thank you. Great. So if you want, if you want to be part of that group, uh, our first our first call will be next Monday um, at four thirty Pacific time, seven thirty. Eastern time. And I just put the link, I'm putting the links to each group to register in the chat. So um, each of you can find the um, link to, to, the group, to the different groups as people are talking. I'm trying to pull them for you and put them in the chat. But it's also on the page, the website page, the links are also embedded into the website page, but I'll also put them in here for ease for folks. Thank you, Fred and Robert, awesome. Okay, the organizing group, which is Vanessa, Marion, Robert, and Kevin. So I don't know who's, who's speaking first, but I'm handing it over to you guys. So Kevin's going first. Hi, everybody. Uh, welcome to the call. Uh, thanks, uh, Kat, Rabbi Lerner. That was, that was, that was great stuff. Um, so much in, in, in such a short time. And, you know, we, we, you know, we spend a lot of time and, and book studies are great. And um, so in the organizing group, we're, we're, we're going to take some of that uh, theoretical knowledge and, and put it into a real practical use. We're, we're going to help you and support you in outreach um, where, you can take, where you can take this and bring it to, um, to other groups. Um, we've been, uh, a friend of myself um, had um, helped with a group in uh, the Tampa Bay area in Florida. And we were able, you know, with a small group of people to create a, um, a, a, a larger uh, footprint by, by um, to actually, you know, influence groups and, and to co-create with groups, um, you know, just by being out there, by, you know, creating actions, showing up at actions, showing up at events, um, experiences. To, to grow this thing. And, you know, again, like everything else, I mean, so you don't want to get discouraged. Um, you're always, it's 10% of the people do, you know, 90% of the work. So, you know, that, that, that's just, that, that's okay. I mean, and most of, if you're on this call, you're probably somewhat of a worker and you, and you want to do this. So um, we're going to help and we're going to support each other in how to unify um, and, and, and how to bring the message um, of, of a new bottom line, um, you know, where the drive for economic profit is replaced by social um, drives for social and economic um, and environmental justice. Um, it, it's it's actually with with progressive groups on on the left, it's it's low hanging fruit. It's how you do it. It's getting out there and and knocking on the doors and and going to the meetings and joining the groups. Um, lots of groups are interested in in coalitions because it because it makes them bigger. Um, 
and, and we can bring the NSP there, we get in front of them, we're able to talk about um, the new bottom line. Um, Rabbi Lerner alert, alluded to that all the people that are on the left that are, are trying to do this, um, there, there's way more people, I think, that are on the left, but we're, we're stuck in our silos. And, and, and you see that, you just see all these groups that are, are stuck in the silos. And I've been, or, I've been organizing for a long time, and I, I mean, I, I understand this. So, we, so we, we're going to help, and we're going to support each other to not only implement and develop strategies where people can, we can break down these silos, where we can bring the message of, um, of the NSP and, and, and new bottom line to um, different groups at a local, state, and national level. Um, and we'll be able to support each other, you know, while we're doing this. This is, it's, it's scary when you think you have to go out and uh, do it all alone. But the, these practical organizational steps um, can be done um, with, with support. Um, and, and I think that's, wow, fantastic and amazing. Thanks. Okay. Who's next? I'm next, I think. I'd like to give you an overview of what those five unifying principles actually are and we are inviting other social change organizations to sign on to them in order to unite our efforts so we can truly transform our world by being united. And you can find the details of those on the NSP website under philosophy. Uh, number one states that we affirm the humanity and dignity of self and others, even if they are different and disagree with us, and we commit to reaching out to them. We will not demean, ridicule, or attack those we disagree with, but at the same time challenge every manifestation of othering and isms, like racism, sexism, classism, as well as hate speech and unfair policies. Number two states that we seek a world based on a new bottom line, where the success of every sector, system, and institution is judged not by whether they maximize money, profit, and power, but instead if they maximize love and caring, kindness and generosity, empathy and compassion, as well as social, economic, and environmental justice, peace, nonviolence, and protection of our planet. The third principle states that we commit to being in a sacred relationship with the earth and ensure its well-being and longevity, just as we commit to do so with all other life forms and nature. We believe that the earth is a living organism and that we are dependent upon its well-being for our well-being. Number four states that we commit to respect and honor our diversity of faith, belief, and reason. That includes all faith and spiritual traditions, as well as all secularists, secularists, atheists, and others. Number five finally states that we commit to nonviolence, since the only way to create a loving and just world is to loving and just acts. All our actions will be nonviolent, including marches, sit-ins, demonstrations, and acts of civil disobedience. These are the, final, the, the five unifying principles <clears throat> for social change organizations that the NSP is proposing. And now Vanessa is gonna tell us more about how she's already using those in her work with the Unity Church she's at. Vanessa? Yes, thank you, Marian. Sure. I'm going to give you all an example of outreach in action. I'm going video list just to save my bandwidth, so I apologize, but I'm still here. So I'm beginning my outreach at my local Unity Church. I'm introducing a love and justice circle at my church to challenge racism, 
I was specifically asked by my reverend who understood my work as a spiritual progressive and who adores Rabbi Lerner's work. Reverend Cheryl asked me to help the congregation find ways to help end racism used to separate us from each other by the powers that be. So to lay the foundation for our activism, my church's love and justice circle will begin with the book, My Grandmother's Hands by Resma Menachem, which I highly recommend. This anti-racist work supports all of the unifying principles and the mission of the NSP to create a caring and compassionate world that values the sacredness of every living being. Anti-racist work is actually one of the 10 points in the path to creating a world of love and justice, which is central to the NSP's work. And you can find this 10 point plank on the website. I will ask my congregation to walk the talk by signing on to our unifying principles as we take to the streets because we are already modeling them in the anti-racism work we're doing and in the values we hold dear as Unitarians. So my intention is to expand my work to include Unity churches on a national level in modeling this type of activism to get them on board. So come and join us. It'll be a wonderful collaborative experience and very transformative and it's easier than you think. Thank you. Thanks, Vanessa. The reason I was invited to join this group was that when I sat down with the writer, the second comment he made was to go to the United Church of Christ denomination and get them to support the uh, new bottom line. And so that's what I did. I, I sent a letter to the general minister and the general minister of the denomination to not only invite Rabbi Lerner to be the speaker at the next General Assembly, but also to incorporate a resolution that I will write to support the new bottom line as a denomination. And I think the time is right because I, I sat down with the associate minister over uh, already, and as she's uh, African-American, is interested in uh, justice ministries. And so I've been sending her things that Rabbi wrote on uh, racism. So I think we'll have a good uh, time working this out. And the United of Christ is one of those liberal groups Thank you, Robert. So Robert was, I'm just going to sum it up just because it was a little choppy, but Robert's already bringing this into his, into his church in Phoenix and also to the national organization. So both and, which is really exciting and inspiring. So you'll learn more about that process there. Thank you, Robert. Say, Kat, I'm also part of that. Sorry, Fred, you're right. Yeah, yeah. and uh, what I wanted to add is I've just retired as a uni uh, unity minister this last month. But before I retired, as Kevin said, that 
that we started uh, NSP chapter down here in Florida, in, in the Tampa, St. Petersburg area. And I took it to my congregation and who supported the, the new bottom line, who supported our work as the network of spiritual progressives and our message that we took into the congregation was the message of the new bottom line and, and to bring it into action. So as I have retired from that, um, I also plan like Robert is to, uh, since I am an ordained unity minister, to continue working with the national organization and getting them to sign on to the unifying principles and stuff like that. So that, that's what this group is going to be about, is about um, getting other groups to, to align with us or we align with other groups. Awesome, thank you, Fred. I want to remind folks that we're just going to now, Susan and I are going to talk very briefly about the Prophetic Empathy Group, and then you're going to have a chance to go into these groups to ask questions of folks who are leading these groups to get a better sense of that. And then we'll come back to answer any final questions, and then we're going to close. So um, a little bit more time. So Susan, if you want to start, um, and I love seeing all these messages from people saying, I'm so excited. Thanks. I'm going to join the group. So that's really inspiring. Susan, you're gone. Great. So the prophetic empathy group will be a real practice session to actually speak and how, okay, if we got all these great ideas and I now want to go to my church and talk to them, or I'm going to go to my city council, how do we actually speak the words? or I get involved in a conversation at, uh, on, in, a, in a meeting with somebody who has different perspectives, how could I call them to their highest self? How could I enter into these conversations? Or when I get all excited about it and my friends say, oh, you, that's not realistic, how do I respond? So the prophetic empathy group will be a real time to practice. And we certainly will encourage some people to attend all the time, but it also can be a drop-in group. So anyone from one of the other groups, maybe you realize, oh, we are really ready now to go to the national organization of um, this environmental group. I wanna get my, how I talk down in a really good way. So you could come and we can help do some coaching. Uh, so I come from a background of compassionate listening where we're really good at receiving and noticing and listening for the person's deepest values. Uh, with prophetic empathy, we then take that to call them to their highest self. So it's not advising or judging in any way, but hopefully inspiring and uh, calling people to that higher self. And we will be guided, I will support, but be guided by the brilliant Kath Zavis, who if you haven't seen her in, in action is amazing. So I will turn that over to you, Kat. Aw, oh, thank you, Susan. So this is like, this is my play. The prophetic empathy group for me is like my play space because you come to the group with your challenges and where you've um, perhaps bumped into yourself or others in your conversations or in trying to bring these ideas into the world and you're stuck and you don't exactly know what to say or how to say it and, um, and what we do in the group is we do role plays. You just come with it and we just jump into the role play. And sometimes I will play you so you can see how we might play that out. Sometimes I'll play the other person. Sometimes two people will play it. 
and um, I'll, Susan and I will coach. So it's a real opportunity for you to dive deeply into not just what we think of as traditional empathy, which is trying to understand each other's needs and be compassionate toward the other. But like Susan said, really, how do we lift people up so that they can understand that the world that we're speaking about, that we want, that they can tap back into that memory of the fact that they not only want it, but that it's okay to dream. That dreaming is a brilliant gift that we all are given as children and that we lose touch with, and we get to get back into that dream and inspire others to go for their highest values of the world that they want. So that's what we'll be doing. And like Susan said, you can jump, drop in and out, but it's a really great, it's a really great opportunity to practice these skills in real ways because when you, it also I, I think has given people confidence to, to go ahead and have these conversations that they, they feel really scared about having. So it's also a confidence building. So, um, so now, and Kevin pointed out in the chat, um, Kay says, how to choose, how to choose, wow. Kay, you don't have to choose. You can participate in all of them. They each will meet once a month, they won't overlap. So you're welcome to participate in any or all of the groups, the more the merrier for sure. So now we're gonna try something really radically crazy. And uh, Susan's going like this with her hands. And, and so we're hoping we pull this off correctly. So what we've done is we've made each of you co-host. And Zoom's like, you can't make everyone co-host, but then they realize we could. And what that means, if you click on the bottom of your screen in a minute, if you check, click on more, Susan, click on more and tell me if you see breakout rooms yet. No, we will not okay. see the breakout rooms. Well, I'm going to open the breakout rooms in a minute. And then you'll see the breakout rooms. And everyone's going to be sent. You're going to be sent to the room of the waiting room. And then once you're in the waiting room, when you click on breakout rooms, and it might be under the three dots more on the bottom, you will see the different groups labeled. Love and Justice, Prophetic Empathy, Revolutionary um, Book Group, Revolutionary Love Book Group, and Organizing Outreach. And you can go to any of those rooms and you can jump back and forth however you want between those rooms. If it's overwhelming, like I can't do that, just stay in the waiting room and I will join you there in a little bit. And I will jump back and forth between this, this space and the waiting room. Um, Karen, I, are you on your computer? Karen, I'll help you. I'll help you once we send everyone to the rating room. So I'm going to open. All right, because the two people who are on the phone, I'm not sure how it's going to work. The people on the phone, I might, have to, I might have to send you to the rooms you want, so you'll have to unmute. And don't forget when you get to the room to unmute yourself. And if you're on the phone, that's star six. So, um, so we're going we're gonna to all cross our fingers. <laughs> uh, we tried this. And it worked, but you should have, you should be able to see breakout rooms in a minute. It's going to send you to the breakout room. So just go to the breakout room when I send it and then, and then you'll see. Great. Wait, they're all in different rooms though, Susan. No, everybody's in the waiting room. Uh, oh, shoot. You know what happened? No. You made me host. And when you made me host, it dropped the rooms. Oh, okay. okay. Well, that's easy enough. Just, you want to make me host again and I'll fix it? Yep. Okay. Okay. Okay, sorry. Talk and say something brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let me just make you host again. Oh, sorry. So now you live and learn. Okay. All right. You'll see it in a minute. So what's going to happen is Susan's doing this. You'll, when you get into the breakout room, what's going to happen is a pop-up on your screen. It'll say, go to breakout room. You'll click on it. You'll go to what is called the waiting room. 
everyone, everyone has to go to the waiting room to be able to then move around the rooms. Once you're in the waiting room, what you'll see is you'll see a list of names in the waiting room and you'll find your name and over your name, then you'll be able to click on which breakout room you want to go to. That's what we determined, right? When we did it? Yes. Yeah. So that's, that's how you're going to do this. It's, we're not going to be doing this in every call. We're doing this so that you can have an opportunity to ask questions of people in the particular groups and just give you a feel for meeting those folks. And then we'll do this for about 10 or 15 minutes. And then we'll come back and have a closing. And if anyone has any other questions. So someone, if someone's unmuted. Um, so I'm going to just mute folks if I can who are unmuted. But um, so I'm hoping this is clear for everyone. I know it seems, it seems crazy, but it's really, it's really cool. I've done it. Um, and then you get to go to the room you want to go to and play and talk with folks. And um, Karen, I think once you get to the room, you'll see how to move about. If not, stay in the waiting room and I will come and join you there and I can also move you from there. Okay, I'm ready to open the room. So you'll all get, you'll be in the waiting room. Don't, don't make me host yet. You might just have to stay host. No, I'm gonna stay host. Yeah, so then you'll send, I'll go to the prophetic empathy room. Okay, good. All right, okay. All right. All right. Okay, so now we're all here. Oh, yeah, I'm unmuted. Okay, so now we're all on here. So now, let's see, click on participants. Where are the, let me see, no. The breakout rooms are on the bottom for, for most of us and then under all the names are the actual breakout rooms to join. Where do you see that? Um, on, on my window on the bottom is this little four window sign that says breakout rooms on the bottom line. Yeah. And you click on that, you get all the names, and on the bottom of that list are the breakout rooms. Are others seeing that? Because I'm yes. not seeing that. Yes. Oh, yeah. I'm not seeing that. Yeah. Okay, so for those of you who are seeing that, for, so for those of you who are seeing that, go to the breakout room you want to go to. And for those of you who are not, we'll stay here and chat. <laughs> How do I find a breakout room? Well, so some of us are seeing that on the bottom of the screen. For some reason, I am not, and I don't know why. Um, because we're right. breakout room. Or, yeah. but it's on the bottom of the All right, so it might be because some of us are using Zoom on our phones. Yeah, on the phone, it's going to be it's going to be harder. Um, I might have to move you on the phone. So it says it's beside the record button to the right. Breakout rooms names list. Scroll down, and then you'll see the room to join. Yeah, what's funny is I saw this on my computer before, but I'm not seeing it. And that may be because I was a host for a little bit. Well, let's take the people that are on laptops. Everybody on laptops, do you see when you go down to the bottom of the screen, do you see chat, participants, record? Do you see that? Yes. Okay. So next to record on the right, it says breakout rooms. Right. Go ahead and click that. Thank you, Linda. And then once you click it, there'll be a scroll bar on the right side and just scroll all the way down and find the breakout room that you want. Waiting room, oh. SP launch. Some people are seeing it because there's only 28 people left here, so that's cool. Is anybody with a laptop not seeing it? I don't see it, Linda, but I don't, I, that may be because I was, um, 
Are you are you moving your mouse down there, your your pointer? Because your pointer needs to activate that bottom part. Uh, okay, most everybody. Okay, so so whoever's left, are you guys on phones? What do you want? Yeah, I'm uh, on my uh, Zoom app on my phone. And, and I'm on on my phone also too. Oh, no. I'm, 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 it's right there. It, it works differently. It works differently too. My my pad, iPad. Yeah, iPad. You can't do it on your iPad. Yeah, I don't know about the phone either. No, you can't. We have to do it for you. But unfortunately, Susan, let me try to go back to Susan because she can come into this room and do it. So I'll be back in a minute. Not here. Hmm. If I go between the chat window and the main video window. So here's my suggestion for those of us who are here. If you have a question, unmute yourself and ask your question. And I can answer it. And we'll hang out and have a happy, joyous time together in this room. <laughs> I don't have any questions, but I'd like to be happy. <laughs> we can always sing. Thank you for joining the call and for being happy. <laughs> what I'm thinking about doing is, uh, well, I sent a message to my pastor's wife, who is coincidentally also the librarian here at William Woods, and I would, well, I asked her if the, if the church member who has been hosting book groups if he has done revolutionary love and if that would be of interest to them to do and uh, then also i i'm thinking that i could start a love and justice circle with some of the the other uh, women from church that i've met with uh, once a month in, in the last few months and i would also then try prophetic empathy just to to uh, stay up on it. Fabulous. Great. So for what, for what it's worth, my waiting room just popped up on my phone, so I'm going to go there. Okay. It's on the top. And then I'll, on the uh, so would anybody else like to share or have a question? I just, I'm going to go, I, I actually can see the breakout rooms and I'm going to go check out a couple of them, but just Great. while I have you, I just wanted you to know, I re, in case you didn't see it, I did respond to your email. I yesterday. did see it. I've just been swamped. I'll get no, back I figured, to it. I figured. All right. We'll talk about it. Thank you. Right. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. I, I have, I have a question um, yes, Alex. For, for, for anybody who, who knows. Whoops. If people, if people can, can you hear me? Yep, now we can. Uh, okay, for people, anybody who knows about Love and Justice Circles, whether it's Kat and or anybody else, if, if you can sort of clarify in layman's terms, you know, what, what those are, any, any relevant, uh, you know, information about them. Sure, I'm, I'm actually gonna do something for you too, which is I'm going to put in the chat here uh, a little bit of information about it. So give me one second and I'm gonna okay. pull that up for you. Um, okay. Then I figure from one of those okay. groups, whether I started Paige. or not. Paige, do you mind hanging out one second? I just want to ask, answer Alex's question, okay? So Alex, I just put in the chat um, a description of the Love and Justice Project, which has the groups and a link to how to start a group. And so the national group 
is going to basically hold a love and justice group in which they will in talk about and envision what is the world that we want grounded in the principles of um, a path to a world of love and justice, which I'm also going to put in there. There we go. I'm just going to see if I can mute folks who aren't muted. If you're not, if you're not muted, if you could just mute for a moment while I'm just speaking, and then you can unmute to ask a question for sure. I just want to finish answering this question. So Alex, I also just put in there the philosophy of path to a world of love and justice. And so, um, so what we're going to do in that group is we're going to to take those principles and e under each one of those, it's 10 different things, 10 different fields. You're gonna look at them and think about how would I bring this into my community to actually manifest what a world in love and justice would look like in my community, perhaps in the area of homelessness, perhaps in the area of Black Lives Matter, perhaps in, in these various different areas, in the environment, uh, in our schools, in our healthcare system. And who are the groups I need to work with to make that happen? How do I reach out to them? Um, how, how do we actually talk about these? So you kind of, you're gonna be doing like a mapping in your community for these different groups. And in the training, um, in the training that I do, we actually do this as an exercise. And it's really powerful once you understand and kind of have the experience of it. So you'll, you'll get an opportunity to practice it and do that in the group. Did that, does that help explain it a bit, Alex? Uh, yeah, I think so. And I did those links and I didn't copy them in a Word document. So I hope uh, I can get back to them later. But uh, when yeah, I, uh, th thanks. Yeah, when I send out the recording, I'll include the links. Okay, thank you. Thank you so much. Was there another question from anyone? I'm thinking then from, say, the Love and Justice Circle, I could fit in a little bit of the activism and outreach on whatever scale works for me. Great, Paige, that's fabulous. Thank, thank, thank you, that's a, that's a good point. Oh yes, David pointed out, you can save the chat, David, by clicking on the three dots. Um, by clicking on three dots to the right in the bottom of the chat, and then it'll save all the URLs and all the links. Thank you for reminding me about that. I've, I've recorded it, so I'll automatically get it. Um, okay, any other any folks have any questions? Hi, Bruce. Oh, Bud, do you have a question? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm uh, a new connected. I'd like to start a chapter here. Um, and I, uh, I was more interested in the organizing and outreach. Um, and so if you can help uh, connect me with them. Um, so if you, um, I'm going to, can you mute? Cause I think you're causing the, um, so just unmute again. If you have another question, please. Um, so I can't move you for some reason and I'm sorry about that. But if, if you sign up to register for that group and the link is in the chat, um, or if you go to the page, um, the website page, which I'll also post again, but if you save the chat, you'll be able to find the links. Um, then you'll then you'll register, and then you'll be able to join that group. Does that work for you, Bud? Yes. And also, I just want to say to everyone: if 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 like any of this doesn't work, and you are still lost, and you have a question, you can always email me. It's like it's fine. I might um, right now we're moving offices, so I might not get back to you right away. But my email is cat at spiritualprogressives.org. 
So if you are like, I really want to join this group, but I've lost that link, just email me. It's fine. <laughs> we'll get it to you, I promise. I'm just writing something in the chat back to David. Okay, David, I just responded. Um, if you email me, and I'll put my, my email in here. Um, enjoy your kids. Thanks for joining us. Um, if you email me, uh, David, then I can send it to you. And also, if you join the group, they'll be sharing it. Other questions from folks? So, but I'm going to assume that I answered your question. You're a little bit in the dark. I mean, literally, physically, I can't see you that well. I don't mean you're in the dark. Um, but I'm going to trust if you have a question. So, Bruce, did you have a question? We can't hear you, which is weird because it doesn't show that you're muted. Oh, Jason is Laura. Well, that's even more exciting. <laughs> hey, Jason, Jason is here too. <laughs> Hi, Jason. That's so exciting. It's just only more exciting because I know who Laura is, not because... <laughs> Not because inherently Laura's more exciting than Jason, but because then I knew who she was. Hi, Laura. Nice to see you. Hey, so good to see you too. Yeah, thanks for joining. Thank you for having this. I just texted you um, to put me on the mailing list because I usually get things through him. Okay, great. I will add you. So, uh, Lilia, is that your, did I pronounce that correctly? You said you'd like to join the book group and prophetic empathy group. Um, so you can use a tablet for those. If you save the chat, you will get the link, but I'm gonna put the link in here again to the article that has all, all of the links. They're all um, hyperlinked, meaning they're embedded. If you click here, um, you'll see. So for example, under the Love and Justice group, it says sign up here to join us. It says that under each group and you just click there and then you'll, be, you'll get the information for how to join each call. So the reason we did it that way is because it's on the internet and we don't want to be Zoom bombed because I've had that awful experience before. So you just register for the call and then you'll get the link to actually join the call. I hope that's clear. If it's not, again, you can email me at cat at spiritualprogressives.org. That's fine. Other questions? Hi, John. Nice to see hey, you. Brad. Hey, good to see you. Yeah. Thanks for joining us. It's wonderful. Yeah, it's exciting. Yes. And Bruce, we can't hear you, sadly. Huh. He's hiding. Uh, uh, Kat, when is your first meeting going to be? Which one, John? Of the prophetic of the your group that you're the prophetic. Uh, prophetic prof empathy. Empathy. Yeah. Uh, let me tell you right now. Because if you think it's in my brain, uh, huh. the first one is Monday, July 27th ah, at okay. 4.30 Pacific time, 7.30 East Coast time. Mm. So if you go to that page that I sent up there, the tacoon.org NSP Tacoon Launch Nation National Working Groups link. Mm -hmm. If you go to that page and you scroll down to the pro prophetic empathy group, mm. <laughs> I'm getting tongue tied, you can sign up there. Yeah, okay. cool. Oh, cool. Great. 
So what brought this about, Kat? I mean, what was, was there anything in particular that, that catalyzed this? It catalyzed this massive thing. Um, yeah. I, I have um, been, you know, wanting to figure out how to uplift and strengthen the movement for a long time, as you know. Mm. And um, in the last training, not the one I just finished, but the one before that, um, I was also in, in a program in a class and I did a lot of brainstorming around what was next. And this is what came to me was to have this leadership team. And then I've been working with this leadership team for quite a couple of months now, right, Robert? And they've been really dynamic and amazing. And then we came up with this strategy and it's just been so um, organic and exquisite because there's this team of people working together. Mm -hmm. And, um, and we, I think we also all feel really deeply in our hearts that, um, given everything that's happening in the world, this is a profound opportunity and moment for um, really bringing our vision into the world. So. Wow. Well, I wish I could talk as good as you and Michael can. To get the, you know, that's my goal in life, is to be able to communicate this message as good as you and Michael can. Uh, but uh, let's, I feel very hopeful about this new beginning. Great. Great, Tremendous. thank you. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm going to send my sister the uh, the page with the information about the group. She's been interested in social justice and progressivism herself. And Wonderful. She's in, she's in the Chicago area. Oh, great. Excellent. Yeah, mm -hmm. my hope is that we can start, you know, getting groups going. Um, Lilia, let me see if I can unmute you. No. So are you on your phone? I can't remember, you're on your tablet. You should be able to unmute. There you go, I'm now we can phone. hear you. We can hear you now. Yeah. Okay, it said host had muted me. Yeah, but you can unmute, so there you go. Yeah, and I unmuted. Great. So did you have a question? Did you see my response to you in the chat about how to sign up for the different groups? Yes, yes. Great. Great. I just, I'm really lagging behind on this technology. <laughs> this whole uh, virus thing is gonna, is gonna push us all into a new level of yes. technological facility or frustration, sometimes both end. <laughs> so I actually have the tablet in front of me. You're on my tablet, but I also have my smartphone and I'm using that to do the email and the websites. So I'm using both. Oh, yep, yep. And I have a laptop that I haven't plugged in yet at all. The laptop is def I find definitely to be the easiest way to maneuver on, on Zoom, but, um, but they all work. Okay. I mean, Zoom kind of, I've been doing, I've been using Zoom for, um, since 2015 or 2016. Wow. So I was, I was ahead of the game. But, um, but the good news is now every, every, most people have more ease with using it, so I don't have to spend a lot of time teaching it <laughs> when I start my trainings. I also will be, excuse me, I will be starting a new training once I figure out my class schedule for next month, beginning next month. So once I figure that out, then I will also be leading a new prophetic empathy training uh, and revolutionary love training. For those of you who haven't taken the six-week training, it's a really good opportunity to... Um, sink in deeply to all the teachings and you can still participate in the groups that you're in while you're in the training and you'll you'll feel like you're ahead of the game because you're in the group and you're in the training um, um 
but it's a very, it, we, we learn all of these different things and do a lot of practice in prophetic empathy and in understanding the principles and ideas of revolutionary love. So all of you are also invited to that and you'll all receive an invitation once I have the clear dates. I'll make sure you get an invitation to that. Okay. Mm. Mm. Great, Laura and Jason. Thank you for joining us. Kisses to your daughter. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Good to see you. Any other questions? Where is, where is Cornell West at right now with, with NSP? He was one of the co-founders of NSP. Yeah. He has he's, an visibility. And yeah. he's, doing his, he's doing his things now. Yeah, but, but it's, he's it's, still aligned. Okay, okay. Yeah. Hmm. But, okay. Yeah. Any other questions from folks? I want to check, I want to see what time. Okay, so Susan's probably going to close these rooms in a few minutes. Bruce, can we hear you? I would just love to hear your voice. I can't hear you, Bruce, but you're not muted. That's so confusing. <laughs> I hope you're staying healthy. Thanks for all you're doing. Much love. It's fun to see people that I know. Alex, I love your beautiful... Um, Ubuntu. Ubuntu. Oh, thank you. Yeah. When I got introduced to that that idea, that's stayed with me ever since being introduced. Yeah. I, I think we, I, for me, and I think it's true for others, but it's only kosher in my mind to speak the depths of my experience. But I, I feel like I live two different experiences. One is the social constructs like class, gender, race, etc., that on the one hand are totally made up, but they're totally real because people live and die by them. But the Ubuntu, I feel like that's the natural, you know, way. You know, so. Uh, Amen. Amen. I agree with you. So I was um, moving our offices today and I had to go to the city office to pick up parking permits, which I had picked up on Friday and they got ripped down. So I had to go pick them up again on Monday to put them back up. And um, right across this kind of where the city office is, is a part of downtown Berkeley that has um, a park right across the street and a large um, homeless section of a large homeless population lives there and on the streets and and um and i was looking at everybody's looking directly into everybody's face and i was overcome with the um seeing the divinity in each of them like it wasn't something i was trying to do it wasn't i wasn't like thinking to myself oh make yourself i was just like There was something that it was almost as if the divine in the universe overcame me. Um, and as I looked into each of their faces and, and saw them from the back and the front and all the different, like, I was overcome with seeing the divinity of each of their faces. And I started crying. Um, I actually started sobbing is the truth. <laughs> and um, because I was overcome with the grief of the fact that we've created a world. Um, and we still participate in a world in which the divine lives amongst us and is treated mm -hmm. so um, non-divinely. <laughs> I don't know what's that. So poorly, so inhumanely. 
um, but even more than inhumanely, like really not treated as the divine. And, um, and so I just share that because um, I, I believe that's why I'm doing this work. <laughs> um, because the divine is in all of us and lives within all of us and in all of the energy of the universe. It is, it permeates, it vibrates with that loving divine energy. And, um, and so, yeah, I just was overcome. I was just overcome with it. So I am grateful to see all these faces here tonight to um, know that other people also want to build a world where we uplift and embrace the divine in all of its manifestations and beauties. Well, I, I had a profound moment. I think maybe fam might be family to yours. I'm a survivor of the Greensboro massacre, which I'm thinking about as a massacre. But one of the things that we consulted with South Africa and other truth commissioners, Reverend Bengani Finka, who was one mm -hmm. of the truth and reconciliation commissioners, uh, one of the things he said, uh, he went to either the cemetery, I think the cemetery, but maybe where the massacre happened. And then he said he was moved. And mm -hmm. I don't compare experiences. You know, they are, our journeys are what they are. But I thought to me, I mean, my God, you know, November 3rd, you know, I mean, comparatively, to South Africa, I mean, you know, so anyway, so that was a profound kind of as human to human, as being to being, you know, so when he said that, I was like, wow, it's, you know, so yeah, so that's uh, a reference point that sometimes yeah. I, I go back to. Yeah. Right. yeah. Uh, could I share a response? Kat? Yeah. Um, so I just, when you shared that story, first of all, it made me realize how powerful stories are. Uh, but also, you know, I started reading Emerson this week. I'm going back to Emerson. Mm -hmm. Emerson, you get that feeling of divinity, of spirituality in everything, in every day, in nature, in, in us. He has an essay called The Oversoul, right? And, and it's fascinating. And when you were telling that story, I was flashing back to something that happened to me Gosh, about 30 years ago, the first time I ever read Dostoevsky, huh. I had a mystical experience on the sidewalks of Hoboken when I looked around me, and the alienated people on the sidewalk suddenly were like glowing from within. Possible connection, and I felt a deep spiritual feeling that I know came from reading Dostoevsky, right? Mm. Who was a spiritual writer, too. And I share that because I think. Often we don't talk enough about literature, about the arts, about someone like Emerson, philosophy. And if you think about it, they're taking all this out of our curriculums and our schools, right? So education is becoming so technocratic. I find that these spiritual experiences really come also through the arts. And when I read great literature and when I have, you know, it helps me to, to, to be in tune with these divine feelings. Beautiful. You're reminding me that I read Emerson and Thoreau in high school, and they were like my like awakening. I was like, "Whoa!" Um, um, so, Kat, can I just interrupt for a second? I yeah. wasn't sure what time we're supposed to end, and if I should be closing all the rooms yeah. or sending a message to everybody. Yeah, I just texted you and also messaged you here. Yeah, I think it's time to close the rooms because I'd like to end in, at, on time at six thirty. 
Okay. Uh, people, so and people stayed here because some of us just couldn't figure out how to get elsewhere. So oh, we, we oh. had a good chat and I answered any questions. So All right. So I'll just close. <laughs> they'll just have one minute. Now, or should I send a one minute warning or just? I think just one minute. I'm, I'm oh, guessing yeah, everyone had adequate time. Yeah, I had a Course in Miracles glimmer when you shared the, the, uh, what you said about seeing the divine in everyone. Yes. Yeah, and and that the divine could see them through me. Hmm. Hmm. Beautiful. Beautiful. Thank you. Okay, I'm going to return to the main section unless there's another question by someone here in the next few seconds. Nice to see you, Mary and Peter. Thanks for being here. So glad. Okay, I'm going to return to the main session, and I hope to see you all there.